Hello, this is Daniel Bayon with Daniel Bayon's views of 83 weeks and counseling. I'm going to continue talking about WCW Uncensored 1997. Gotta go back for a minute. To where you can, where it's on the continue watching section. Okay, let's see. I believe this could have been when they brought in Mike Tenay from PWI because this was a this was a match between two Jack two men from either one match from New Japan the other one is from Mexico. So. This could have been a match that's, we could call it a filler match between Psychosis and Ultimate Dragon, but in all honesty, I believe this is what we call a match to determine the rankings in the Cruiserweight title. Start off pacing each other. Instead of rushing into a lockup, lockup comes in with a side headlock by Ultimate Dragon, or Ultimate Dragon, turns around into a drop semi-total, or a drop total, into a chin knock on Psychosis, transitioned into a face-off. Psychosis, as it gets to his feet, turns it into a wrist lock and then into an arm bar which Ultimate Dragon pulls out of and counters into a release army. <coughs> he does like one test of strength with Psychosis. Psychosis after locking one arm, rolls back and then pulls down Ultimate Dragon, comes back with the rest of the down on his own. Who then it gets countered by psychosis with the crucifix pin. And let's see how that ends. He turns he rolls around on him into a, a face lock again to get out of the pinfall attempt. Then another arm bar attempt and he flips out of it into another arm bar. <clears throat> into another arm drag, release arm drag. Then they just look at each other. Because 
at least they look like they were so to each other. They're facing around the ring again. Goes for a test of strength again in the left hand. Like a kick from psychosis. Now, Irish with the 10, but Ultimate Dragon counters it a couple of times. Even after getting kicked and chopped, still blocks it this time. Kosa gets it, but Kosa misses a couple of chops and maybe even a clothesline. Then, Ultimate Dragon runs, and when he's back with the lamp on his feet, he does a few kicks, then the spin kick to knock him down. By the way, since this is called Behind the Story, let me share the, a story about the drag, the ultimate drag. What a lot of people may not know is that, at least on TV, he's known as the last student of Jackie Chan. So that's why he's called the ultimate dragon. I just thought that was interesting to mention. He kicks Psychosis in the back as he pulls him up. The same position. They even plug their website at the time. He kicks Psychosis in the stomach as he helps, before he helps him up the net. Then transition into a Denver takedown with a kick in the back. Then he goes for a knee bar on the left leg of Psychosis. Because that because he was laying down, that could be their penitent, so referee Mark Curtis, the referee that always fought with himself, as Ezra put it, went for a two count. Right shoulder up, by psychosis stopped the two count. And Psychosis is looking, grabbed a hold of Ultimate Dragon's legs so that he could get out of it and he completely got out of it when he turned around. Gets to his feet, Irish whip to Dragon, drop kick to Ultimate Dragon, knocks him down, cover to kick out the Ultimate Dragon. Irish foot coming up next, followed with a clothesline in the corner to Ultimate Dragon by Psychosis. Another one coming up, this time Ultimate Dragon. I have to say this carefully. This guy had to have been a gymnast before he was a professional wrestler. Usually when you're in the corner, and you want to try to take down your opponent, and your opponent picks up your leg to kick them. When Psychosis put his legs up, he stood in a handstand on the turnbuckle. I think the only people I think that would try that were, would be a gymnast because of the balance they have to have to, to even try to do the flips they try. Okay, I believe he, 
I believe he teases a kick to slow down Psychosis. Let me see for sure. See actually I was, I dunno what he was thinking. But after he after he s- uh surprised Psychosis and kicked him. Um since it's so fast it's kinda hard to describe everything that happened. Climbed up on the middle ropes, got down, missed and ends a very duck uh clothesline and came and connected the second ends a great attempt. Here's Sonny Ono clapping for him, encouraging the crowd to cheer for him. Goes for the famous camel clutch. Gets out of it, pulls him down by the leg, and he gets, he buys a version of his own on the ultimate deck. <clears throat> he couldn't, how, body slam, that's what he went for next. Got it, goes from the middle to the top rope. See what he does here. Guillotine leg drop or just a leg drop. Just so new, I don't even think he perfected the guillotine leg drop yet. Got a two count after doing that leg drop from the top rope. See. Irish whip, reversal by the dragon. Goes in middle rope, top rope. Let's see, it goes for here. Elbow drop, connects. Cover, he actually breaks the rules by getting leverage. Didn't work. Dragon kicked out at two. like a version of the camel clutch but instead of you sitting on their back, your knee is against their back and pull back where their neck is. Try to get a um, submission. Unbelievable. How you go back one step, it takes you back 10, 15 minutes. You have to go back three or four times to get back to what you want to get to. I'm not complaining, I'm saying I'm amazed at the difference. 
Okay, so right back to when he couldn't win with the leg drop from the top rope. Trying to see if there's anything else in this. Okay. An Irish whip, reverse located book about that. Okay. Back to this of the court I was looking at. <clears throat> Let's go. There's an Irish whip next to Dragon. Dragon releases it. Delta World Backbreaker Connects by Dragon 2 Psychosis. Irish whip next. Sleeper hold attempt by the dragon. Drawbreaker by Psychosis breaks the attempt. Rear chin lock up next by the dragon. Irish whip. Uh, shoulder block down only put down psychosis by the knee. On the dragon ran and came back, met with a sleeper hole, went down again with the jawbreak. Now they're both down on the mat. Referee administers for two pin count down one and two, three. Yeah, as he says, three dragon gets a grab, psychosis throws him in the corner, then an Irish fit. Runs straight into the corner into psychosis and boot. Psychosis came off the top rope with a mule kick or spin kick. As psychosis goes, whoa. Launched over the top rope onto off the dragon just to push him down. Referee Mark Curtis checks on them and then goes back in the ring to administer a pin count. Two. Three. Four. Five. Throws. Throws Dragon into the green apron. Right before six counts is given, he gets in the ring. Jump over the top rope with a leg drop onto drag. So obviously ten count restarted. Psychosis gets in the ring first to break the count. Now it's up to the ultimate dragon to get in there. Ooh, gets clotheslined as he stands up on the apron by Psychosis. Runs, get pushed upward, right behind uh, Ultimate Dragon. He was propelled by the dragon's feet. Then come on the floor, Ultimate Dragon gave him an Irish whip into the guardrail. And he did the uh, court will 
elbow strike. Like we see, like we've seen from the boost they noticed to already. Plus for the Osai insult from the middle rope onto Psychosis. And now now they both are down. Psychosis slowly gets up to his feet first. Referee starts the count. Two. And he gets in the ring first, he starts talking to the referee. Actually distracting the referee. So Sonny comes, pulls Psychosis down. He kicks him a couple of times, locks him down. When the referee asked him, he said, I think you had an accident. That's one thing about Sanyono. Looked like a geek, acted like a geek. But in real life, he knew karate like they showed. This was not an act. He really did know karate. As a matter of fact, that's how he met Eric Bischoff. Because Eric Bischoff was touring in karate and they met each other. This was way back in AWA days, so this was like mid-80s. So, yeah, this, this is something, this is just a reminder of how you can't, shouldn't judge a book by its cover, you go push it. Because I remember when I first saw this, I said, wow, you really... I said, wow, he knows martial arts? I had no idea. When you get psychosis back in there, body slammed by a dragon, dragon goes for a moonsault on the top rope. One, two, kick out. They even hooked the leg, by the way. Irish split by the dragon. Put his head down too soon, so gets kicked by psychosis. He went for psychosis, went for a power bomb. He countered that with a Frankensteiner, and then psychosis countered that with a roll up, and only got a two count. Restlock into an Oklahoma row. One, two, kick out. By the way, I think it's an arm bar turning to an Oklahoma row. Misses some type of, looks like a stinger splash. And that was psychosis, of course. And just put up on the top row by Ultimate Dragon. The poor dragon can go for a spinning Frankenstein or he gets elbowed a couple of times by Psychosis. But he bites off Psychosis and hits Psychosis with a top rope board buster. Which is like a product suplex that I Martin Anderson used to use as a finisher in the 1980s. 
think he gets the referee gets to three count. They both go for they both get to their feet. Both go for a spin kick and they hit each other back down. Get to a two count, the referee does a three. Before he gets to four, open the dragon starts, or at four, dragons gets up. Body slammed by the dragon. Gets stopped by psychosis. Now psychosis made me think about doing that Frankenstein. Connects. This is the nonchalant cover. Two. Power to kick out by psychosis. Okay. Trying to see what Ultimate Dragon's going for. Running, set down, power bomb. Threw him a little, uh, about, I'm not sure how many feet he could have thrown him away from him. Probably, possibly two. Now it looks like he's in perfect position to do the top, the top rope Frankensteiner. Actually, he pulled him down. Not sure what to call that. Goes for it. Looks like Tiger Suplex. One, two, three. Okay, that's a great match. Pulled him down. I think my tenacious of that, that's what he called a tornado DDT. I would have called it a DDT, but I wasn't sure. segment was Macho Man humiliating DDP and his wife Kimberly. DDP said that ever since he was assaulted by the Macho Man, he had refused to acknowledge him. Then, Randy Macho Man Savage said that, started talking to him, And he started saying, yeah, with respect to after him, and he took a magazine that Kimberly was in, and he, because of Playboy, he spelled out the letters NWO in the magazine to, to cover up what was happening, and out came Kimberly and shown her since Johnny B. Bad went to WWF and they started using his real name Montero, which was actually here before this. So, no, yeah, here before this. So, shows how good the 
writing was back then because I didn't even realize how long it was at that time that it happened. So, um, that was, a, that was about the first time I really heard that they were married. So, she came out, she was, looked like she was already sprayed with graffiti the NWO and after knocking him out and spray painting him again with the NWO letters started spraying her which was I don't know this was so early on and because it wasn't um was man on man I think that's why this was agreed to but Never mind. I'm gonna reveal too much. So the next match was the martial arts match between Mortis with James Vandenberg against Leish. So because Randy Savage was in the main event battle royal, this was that segment was just used to build anticipation, which is exactly how Bischoff liked to do things. So it was very it was an it was interesting to see. Especially live, because I remember how much fun this was when it was live. The only thing that was not fun to see was Morris. Because, um, the personal level, Skulls have always given me the heebie-jeebies, and still do. I still have trouble with that, but it's easier than it used to be with help of the Lord above. Help from the Lord above has helped me overcome that, uh, that feeling. I don't know what it was, but I could see a character like this. Or the character of the Parker later on, and it not bothered me. And I think it's because it's, I could see it was a suit. I think that's why it didn't bother me as much. Out next comes Glacier. Um, Glacier. Great idea. It's just that. Their mistake was not giving him a mask. If they had given him a mask, he probably would have gotten along better with this character. Because the only thing that hurt him was the fact that he doesn't look needed. He, he has a baby face. Aside from that, he has real life martial arts experience, so everything else was perfect for him. 
he just didn't love me enough to be a threat to anybody. So, all in all, I'd say this was a flop like most people said. Anytime you'd see him with his training, any vignette you'd see, it was always blood runs cold. And it gives you the idea that this guy could be unstoppable. But with the way he acted and the way he looked, he just looked more like a comedy act than a serious competitor. So, I don't know what else to say, but I believe that This was a mistake by WCW. Took a perfectly good, um, took a perfectly good idea, and because of not thinking it through enough, they ruined it. They ruined the idea. They ruined. The uh, mistake, everything went out the window the second he took off last part of his attire. Everything just went flat. I remember when I saw the debut of him for Saturday night, I said, This guy was supposed to be a big deal. And it's not a cut down of person. The person did a great job and how he carried himself. It's just that he didn't look like much. First maneuver was almost like a, I'm not really sure what to call this, maybe a thrust by Mortis, blocked with a couple of kicks, I believe, from Glacier. Let's see for sure. Block, right hand. This is the first kick and second kick in. The second time in for a kick, he knocks down Morris. Front kick, front ward, frontward um, arm drag. See what he, what he does as a counter Morris. Cool. Bring a right hand to the side of the head, I believe. 
another rifle on. A kick in the back. Let's see. Rifle on. Rifle, I mortise, and a kick to the back. Close to the shoulder blades. Right shoulder blade. Sweep, yeah, leg sweep down by glacier, then spin kick, mortise. Breast cover two, kick out. By mortise. Irish flip. Then for the top. What does mortise do? It sits on the apron. Hmm. When he ducked, he went and said apron. I think he hit kick with a spin kick, knocks him off the apron. Right hand, kick, kick. I spoke about this, but I want to redo it so I don't miss anything. Kick. Might have gotten it wrong last time. Leg sweep. Yeah, I did get that right. Okay. Kick, okay. Okay, let's see. Misses. Mortis, Mortis, that is. When he ducked and instead of coming back with something, he slid to the apron and sat on it. Sidekick by a glacier knocks him to the, off the apron into the guardrail outside. Looks over the top row, to the left cross body, bounce down, mortis. Vertical suplex attempt, gets outside, on the mat. You can see this guy in the other also. Really um, good at wrestling. Well, it's martial arts. One, two, get pulled out by the by James Van Den Berg. Glacier should have been on the lookout for Mortis to run out to be out to be ready for him. They're worrying about Vandenberg. Sure enough, gets hit with a uh, old fashioned baseball slide. Might have been the first time he landed on concrete because he rolled away, rolled off the um, mats onto concrete. He gets up slowly. Then Mortis puts him into the guardrail like fitting against the turnbuckle pad. 
Mortis resets the three positions to skill steps. Pulls up the ring to break the pin count. It gets back out and he's gonna... Okay, it puts that fire to carry. One, two steps. Boom. Snake Eyes, except uh, instead of it being on the turnbuckle pad, it's on the, it's on the apron of the ring. Good thing Lynch put his hands up to it. To break his fall. Look at it. It went on a concussion or something. Throws him back in the ring, does Mortis. Flips. And I see this all the time from Adam Page in AEW. Flipping to a clothesline. You know what I'm saying? Only gets two. This is another maneuver I see from somebody else. The maneuver that Frankie Kazarian of SCU and AEW does. He springs off, turns around, does a leg drop. Mortis went for that and he missed. He missed it. See. He missed, uh, blocks. Right hand. A couple of times. Both times hit him with a palm thrust. His head down too too quickly. Hit with a leg drop bulldog by Morris. One, two, kick out by Glacier. Let's see. Morris's midsection as he gets up. Then um, I think he made that one for another thrust. Then when he gets up, he's made with the front kick by Morris's. Irish whip, reversal by Glacier. Goes for again for that leg drop all dog. But Glacier picks him up for a power knock. They count to minister with a one count, a two, a three. Four. Five. So they start getting up slowly. Six. Okay. Mortis step first, gets up first, but is met with a leg, leg sweep by Glacier. Uh, left, right kick. Rolls through. Boom. Elbow into Mortis's face. Irish flip to Mortis. Back. Think of it. Uh, back for a tilt twirl slam. Glacier goes for here. There are actually two versions of a leg drop bulldog. One is when you stand up and go for it. The other one is when you put your leg, when you stand, put your leg over your opponent's neck and slam them. He, he just went. He just went for the second one, misses it. Uh, let's see, misses the like drop hold on second one, front face kick. However, looks like two kick out by Marches. 
Irish Lit coming up. He went for rebound clothesline, but before that he got hit with a kick or forearm or something. That's what it was. It was a broad spin kick by Mortis, but not down by Minister, referee's administering a 10 count. It's up to 3 to 4. Mortis makes the cover 1, 2, kick out a shoulder up by Glacier. Let's see. Let's see what Mortis does. Goes from the middle to the top rope. Let's see. Glacier sees him out of the corner of his eye. Goes back against the rope so he would fall down. Pulls him up. Keep him on the turnbuckle. Elbows him in the face. He's gonna go for a, I guess called a superplex. Gets it. Goes over for a cover. Two kick out by Mortis. Jumps up on the top row. Ooh, gets caught that time. Northern Light Suplex. Hooks a leg by Mortis. Kicks out at two. Does Glacier. Got shoulder up on top of that. Jawbreaker, slow down the momentum of Mortis. He is executed by Glacier. Rolled through by Glacier after missing that front body. It's up to kick out by Mortis. Maybe go for some type of thrust in the top row. Missed it. Rolled through, and then he went to the top middle or top of Nectar crossbody. Then when he went for a kick, the referee was pulled in the middle, so he had to stop. Gets kicked by Mortis. He turns around after putting the referee to the side. Looks like two kick out by Glacier. That shoulder. I don't know why, but Mortis told Vandenberg to stand up on the apron or something. It's usually got disqualified for this. Was her kick? No, almost kicked the manager. He gets kicked. One, two, three. Late, more, Glacier wins this martial arts match. Great match. Next match is the strap match between Marcus Buff Bagwell and Scotty Riggs.
I truly like the American Males, but looking back at that, with everything that was coming up with the end with the with how cool Paul and Ashford and WWF that as Diesel and Ramon. This did look cheap. The American Mel's theme song made him look too cheesy, and the clothes made him look too cheesy. So, becoming the best thing for Marcus Bagwell. The matter of fact. Marcus Buff Bagwell said in an interview, I'm not sure when, but he did a four-part interview on YouTube where he spoke about his, how he started, how he became Marcus, how he looked at Marcus Alexander the Buff, and he said, that being called Buff was simply because he... How did he say that? Oh, yeah. Even though his real name is Marcus Alexander Bagwell, just like his ring name was for many years in WCW, I say many years, the truth is, we called that for five or six years. I don't know if that's many years or not. It seems like a long time. So we called that. It was very difficult for them to come up with merchandise. So when they called him Buff, they felt, he said that Buff, in their mind anyway, was more marketable than Marcus Alexander Bagwell. And in their defense, they did come up with more merchant, with more clothes for him to wrestle in, more coats for him to wear. Um, Scotty Riggs, as good of a wrestler as he was, all he had was. He didn't have a nickname or anything like Buff did, and he didn't have any, um, I don't know what they call it in business, but I thought Bagwell had charisma, and Scotty Riggs, um, I'm finding that he had the charisma that Bagwell had, so... I think that's a large part of why he can go as go further than the American males like Bagwell did. Bagwell never did, of course, never did win the U.S. title. You know, people who followed his career, but he did win. The t he did win the tag team titles. Not just with 
just with Riz, but he wanted with Patriots at least two times. And he wanted with um not really sure oh yeah. He wanted the first time the first time he ever won tag team titles was with the uh two cold Scorpio. And he might have won tag team titles twice with Scotty Riggs, but I only remember them winning it once. So, you know, that's a big accomplishment. To go from, to go from, um, not, to go from being the handsome stranger to Marcus Alexander Bagwell to Marcus Buck Bagwell, and in between, Putting together, being put together with some of the best tag team, one of the best wrestlers and forming, and, um, forming and developing some of the best partnerships in the history of WCW, the history of wrestling that I've ever seen. I would say that. Is one heck of a success story in that respect. A strap match, which is, which, um, this what it, that's what this match is. By its definition, is the key, just like a lumberjack match, or a uh, lumberjack with straps match, or a Texas bull rope match, is to key your opponent inside the ring, which is perfect because Marcus Bagwell likely would have tried to escape the ring three or four different times to try to get away from Riggs. So this was quite a perfect match, looking back at it. So they lock, they put the strap, the strap on him, or strap around Bagwell's wrist, finally, get him back in the ring. Kick from Riggs, Right hand, but he uses the strap against Riggs back first. Irish whip, clothesline, takes down Riggs, poses again. Takes the strap again, puts it against his back, uses it as a weapon. I know this is anything goes, but this is too much. <laughs> Takes him up, body slam. It's over. I think you should have tagged the corner right there. Ooh, just pulled down onto the turnbuckle pad. Boom. Slapped. Boom. Again with the strap three times. 
see what uh, Rex goes for here. Goes for here. It's like a soup, super virtual suplex. Still would like to know how Lyndon, Barry Lyndon managed to win with this all the time. Three times he hits Bagel with the, with the strap like he's faking him. outside Bagwell as he's trying to get away from Riggs. Ooh, hooks him again and again with the strap. Throws him back in the ring. No, this is coming to my mind. It's not always the case in uh, strap matches. But in this case, I think Riggs was looking at it like, obviously you were not, um, parents didn't spank you enough, so, so they didn't do it, let me do it for them, and maybe you won't, you'll learn not to turn on people in the future. I'm not saying that is factual, but... I got a feeling that's what he was, I got a feeling that was a large part of this, that, of the story of this match. He's about to go for a vertical, for a Irish split. He goes for it, runs after it. Bagwell with the elbow knocks him down, hits Bagwell in the neck with the strap as Bagwell stands up right hand and he pulls him down face against his knee. Using the strap again to tire Rick. Starts uh, ripping him again with the strap. thing I do remember Bagwell doing in this match, Irish Whip ducks, like, ooh, no, with the baseball slide by Rick, so now he starts using it as the weapon in between his legs, pulls it a couple of times, hits him with a drop kick, takes him down. I think he starts tying up Bagwell. One tag gets him. He should have tried to tag in. Should have tried to tie up both legs. Second tag. Because Bagel was holding onto the rope, he had to. He had to stop. Right hand. So, so Riggs could um, land throw his throat over the ropes to slow his momentum. Bagwell laughed at him to the cameraman, but he slapped Riggs and stopped back at the cameraman again. Uh, 
that floats down, so it kicks to Riggs, four or five of them. Takes the strap again. That's like he's lifting up. Ooh, he gets hit in the ribs of the right hand. Flips him again. Ooh, gets hit again with the right hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Knocks him down after the third time he rips him into the strap. Bagwell, wait another time, does a, does another pose. Another, rips him again with the strap. We puts, uh, Riggs, the old-fashioned face into the turnbuckle again. I think he's, yeah, I think he's trying to talk, not just, he can't win this submission. I think he's trying to weaken him enough to where he him so tired that he can pull him up like that. One, one tag of the, uh, one, then another tag. Now it's Riggs who's smart enough to hold on to both ropes. He hits him a few times, stops the momentum, he kicks him, and really stops the momentum. Let's see. Oh, another, uh, another spanking over the back, another spanking for Riggs. Time he gets hit with the right hand by a bag Atomic, inverted atomic drop by Marcus Bell. Close lines him with the strap in his hand. I think he got hit. Then he, he went down and starts holding the strap against his throat. Tried to, uh, really weaken him and you can if you look close enough you can see that he's not really doing anything to Scotty Ritz. A couple of hits him a couple of times with the uh, strap. Hits him a couple of times with the strap and you like to thank him again. This is what I'm about to talk about. To, because they used to be called the American Nails, starts mocking the song by putting, taking Scotty Riggs' hands and clapping them together. Because that used to be how they started there. They'd come out to the to the ring, that would be their entrance. Clap, clapping their hands to get the crowd excited, so they'd mock them that. Gets kicked in between the legs by Scotty Riggs for doing that. Axe handle slows, knocks him down, standing up, axe handle is. It's just like he come off the rope. Starts tying him up again. Snap mare. See. Hmm. 
and puts him down. He, he used both of his feet to rake his eyes. He, I think he's trying to do back to back, trying to get to start tagging the turnbuckles again, but all he could do pull him over and stomp him. I think he forgot you can't win by pinfall, so we for cover. So Randy Anderson says, no, it can't happen. So he put, he shoves Randy Anderson, Randy Anderson pushes him. He starts fussing at Bagwell, Bagwell out of his face. And he, and he said, all right, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then he looked at the camera and I said, I'm not really. <laughs> Body slam. I think he's about to go for another blockbuster. Misses it because Riggs, Riggs fell down on purpose. Let's see, he gets met with the brute. He runs after Riggs in the corner. Close line by Riggs. Another close line. Oh, I realized this as a, as either a kid or a teenager. This was actually a competitive match when you look at it. As much as they as much as they took advantage of the uh, the use of the the strap, they showed a lot of great uh, rustling in this match. They made it very exciting. Next maneuver is as far as a power bomb gets it. Let's see. Now Riggs is going to try to go up top for a maneuver. Drop kick. That's it. Starts tying up Bagwell to try to win the match. One tag. Another tag. Bagwell stops it again. Oh, this time he gets a third tag. The turnbuckle. Okay. This time Bagwell stops him. So he turns around, stomps Bagwell, kicks him. Let's see. He had to let go of the strap a little bit. Right hand. It's Bagwell to let him up. He, this time he gets body, that body drop. Ooh, it's a mistake on Bagwell's part. Put it around his neck, so when he got run over the top rope, left himself prone to Bagwell. Take advantage. So, he had to reposition 
We had to reposition this trap to get Bagwell in the entire the ring. It's exactly what he's going to do right here. By this time, he didn't even need to lock time up. One. Tag. Two. To another side of the corner. Turn up. Three. Come up. What did Bagel do here? Sits on it. To, to win the match. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, I was reading what Bagwell has to say to the cameraman. Um, so, what I was going to do, no, what I'm going to do is pause and check to see how long I've been recording. Hello. This is Daniel Vaillant. I've been podcasting for almost two years, and I just about a month ago found out how to submit, um, manually submit my feed to Apple Podcasts. Well, anybody's getting into podcasting and wants Apple Podcasts, their show on Apple Podcasts, come here and use Anchor Podcast. Hello. This is Daniel Vaillant with Daniel Vaillant's 83 Weeks and Counting. I had just shared on Instagram Live that this was going to be my newest episode on Daniel Vaillant's 83 Weeks and Counting where I talk about Uncensored, WCW Uncensored 1997. Well... I'll be honest. I was just reminded of how they had all of the titles that the NWO had were on the line in the main event. But they had a TV title match was one of them. The US title match was the first match. And it was an ODQ match because of how deeply personal this had gotten between the two men. I'm going to find it and take the audio off. So I'm going to be reminded of the other matches that were, were planned. Loading and how it's gonna happen. Okay. After they 
plug the this title match have a martial arts match between Glacier and Mortis. Psychosis and Ultimo Dragon have a match, then strap match. Strap match has the former American males, Bat Marcus, Buff Bagwell, and Scotty Riggs go against each other in a strap match. And the strange thing was was as big of a match as this was, they had very little explanation given on TV about why they're having a strap match. And I know they didn't give any any explanation because I looked through them to know to see the interviews and I never once saw them even talk about Bagwell versus Riggs. But it's a fun, it's always been a fun match to watch for myself because it it's just like the Texas Bull Rope match where you have to tag off for Tom Turnbuckle pass to win the match. Then a return match. Of course, the TV title match was a return match because of how it ended in the previous pay-per-view. Then the then the Battle Royal slash... I think this was a precursor to TNA's gauntlet match where they had a Battle Royal and the end of it had... Two, the last two men would face each other in a traditional match. And because they mixed it between both over the top rope and pinning and submissions, made it even more fun. That's what I think they should bring this back because it would be more fresh, it would feel fresh, and it would be a fun way to watch a battle royal take place. Especially if they have a storyline like this for a modern day um for a modern day pay per view. Piper's team is the only one that wasn't trying to win the titles back for WCW. Piper's team is the only one trying to win a future title shot for the team captain, Roddy Piper. This is in Detroit, Michigan. I know because they had a, I believe it was uh, in Detroit, Michigan, because they had a fan of the Red Wings wearing a Red Wings jersey in the front row.
I really am, when I think about this, really can't wait to see when this year is added to Saturday night because the best part of WCW when Mean Gene was brought in was them adding the control center. Even though Bischoff acted like Harvey Schiller's announcement of him being suspended didn't mean anything, we know the opposite. And they said how, because Bischoff was suspended, they didn't really know at that moment. This was one of one of the control center um, segments they did where they were promoting it, the pay-per-view, and saying that because Bischoff no longer, Vice President, was no longer in control, uh, then they don't know what else is going to happen because of him having no more control. So that's one of the reasons I really hope that they continue to do episode drops of Saturday night <clears throat> because they started because I believe they're they're at the time whenever they started doing control center for things like the Clash of the Champions so it really makes me excited for the Saturday night library being added more to although it's even though I can't find a story to talk about for the control sensor obviously that came from an idea that Vince McMahon had if you remember if you remember growing People grew up like myself in these days watching wrestling. Before Mean Gene was in WCW, Vince McMahon loved to promote the pay-per-views by having people stand by and promote the matches and even add a few um, scenes from the from their TV show of each for each match that was taking place to add suspense. I personally believe that is what's missing today. Now, when they went out of business, there was no need to do this anymore because of the role they were already on. But now, with everything being an all-time low for the WWE, I believe they should consider doing something like that again.
So, one thing I do, I do have to say is that for all their ignorance of the business, W the TBS people did know how to keep, um, they did know how to listen to people like Bishop. It's just a shame that it wasn't somebody who had years of experience promoting the business. First person to come out in in the first match was Dean Malenko, former Cruiserweight Champion. <clears throat> Next comes out the US champion, the Eddie Guerrero. at this, I never would have thought in a million years that Eddie would have been as funny as he was. Because I always took so serious. As I've said before, and I'll say it again, what I enjoy about wrestling is how when a title belt is on the line, the referee holds it up to show the importance of the match. Start off fussing at each other, continuing to fuss, coming back and forth, and then a push. Eddie blocks a right hand with a few right hands, then Irish whip from Malenko. After he's put in his head headlock by Eddie, shoulder block taken down by Eddie to Dean. Locks him down. Side headlock to Dean. A few right, couple right hands. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Really quick, I couldn't count, really. Then Dean gets out of it, it's almost like a wrist lock. Into a headlock of his own, thrown off by Eddie. Shoulder block takedown of Dean's. Locks Eddie down, and he gets out of the ring. So, because this isn't no qualification, he's challenging Dean to come out. kicks him after making him think that he wanted to test his strength then he put his face into the mat and he kicked him a couple of times in the corner in the stomach six kicks then another one another one another one another one so He hooks him up, 
tries to go for an Irish whip reversal by Eddie into one of his own. Dean stops, kicks him into a vertical suplex by Dean. Starts fussing him again, standing over his body, slap into the face. Right in by Eddie as he starts to stand up. Thumb to the eye. Head into the turnbuckle, then three, four. Right hands, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Stomps in the gut, or kicks in the gut, in the corner. <clears throat> Throws him into the corner again, does Eddie. Irish whip coming up. He gets thrown over Dean's head into the corner. Valley to back suplex by Dean to Eddie. After he hit his head into the turnbuckle. Let's see. Starts working on the leg. Oh. Was good. They had a commotion in the back, so they showed somebody laying down. Stone over the stomach. And it was the Outsiders in six asking for people to get help for Rick Steiner. Scott Steiner made the comment, no, at all made the comment that they've been having some bad luck lately. But back to the ringside. Emilenko has the full half crab on him. He wants to get him back down, so he he pulls back and into he actually bridges Eddie's back, puts his knee against him to try to force him to submit. It's going to cover two kick out by Eddie. Throws Eddie over the top rope onto the pad, into the pads outside. Dean took the U.S. title belt. This is probably an object lesson. Remind Eddie what happened the month before. Actually, he hits Eddie with it in the stomach and now on the back with it. Hands it to the referee, Randy Anderson. Clothesline knocks him down. Cover to kick out. Let's see what Dean Malenko goes for here. Waiting for Eddie to get up. This is what he's going for. He picks him up, high angle slam like, turns around, connects the maneuver. Now they're both on the mat. And he gets up slowly. He starts standing over him, fussing him, and slaps Dean in the face. 
turns around with the patented. I'm trying to remember how you say this. He puts his boot over his face and he turns around with it. An uppercut to Dean. Irish whip by Eddie. Drop kick to the knee of Dean. Connects. <clears throat> okay, gets into the corner. Boom. The apron, excuse me, jumps over and lands on the knee. Add more pressure. Hmm. Could be going for his finisher right here or cross body or something. Axe handle on the back of the leg. Drop kick to the injured knee by Eddie. Let's go. See what he goes for here. Stomp on it. Could be going for that patented, uh, I'm trying to remember what you call that, senton. That he goes, stomp over the knee. Or it's like a knee bar, like we call it today, um, to Dean Malenko. So, they did get word from the producer that it was Rick Steiner. And then they brought up how he had an injured eardrum. So, this really has a profound impact on the main event. And then, as they were saying that, Eddie went from a half crab to an SCF onto Dean. They showing a split screen. Them helping, them helping position Rick Steiner to get him onto board in the back to put him onto a gurney and then put him on in a, I'm trying to remember what you call that, ambulance. As that's going on, Dean gets out of the ring, Eddie goes after him, axe handle to the back of the knee and then he pushes Dean into the guardrail. Let's see. Throw Dean against the guardrail with an Irish whip, then he stomps at his knee again. And he takes Dean and put his head against the mat part part of the ring where 
cameraman stands usually. Until it's not as hard as the steps. So this did a lot of this was actually had better for Dean to to go through than usual. Then he Dean that is reverses over a Irish whip this time outside onto the guardrail and Dean then Eddie hits it back with his back. Eddie kicks him in the back of the bad knee. Let's see what they, what happens next. Wraps the leg around the the steel post and drop kicks it. Let's see what thumps on Dean's bad knee as he jumps over the top rope and lands by stomping it. It goes for figure four. Because it's not his qualification, he's holding the ropes. And he lets go. So. But, I'm sure, but this being no qualification is probably, probably very difficult for somebody like Eddie Guerrero or Dean Malenko for that matter, to not, to, I'm sure it's very difficult for them to forget that holding on to the ropes for leverage is not illegal, just wrong. Anything goes in this type of match, so holding on to the ropes is not wrong, is not is not against the rules, it's just that it looks bad if you're Eddie or Dean, when they don't need to do that. He get, Dean gets out of that by using thumb to the eyes. Eddie hits him with a couple of uppercuts. Dean counters the third one. But he couldn't go for a backslide, so Eddie flips and uh, hits an uppercut on him. Good. Irish whip coming up next. It's on his stomach. Then I think he went for an elbow when he was jumping up. Knocks down, knocks down Dean Malenko. Goes for that senton again, misses it, run, baseball slide, drop kick, pushes Dean to the guard into a guardrail outside. I think he misses this next and he hits the guardrail. Ooh. Okay. Said he hit the, his ribs. I thought it was more of his chest. So he picks Dean picks up Eddie on his shoulders. Fireman car fireman's carry drops him like snake eyes onto the guardrail. 
So he throws Eddie back in the ring. Thankfully, the crowd smart enough to put Guardrail back together. Then gets up there, get back in the ring, gets on the apron, that is. Walks in there. Runs one rope, then kicks Eddie, then a right hand. Ooh. Hits the rotator, left rotator cuff a few times with probably his forehead. Wrist lock into an arm bar. Goes Dean to Eddie. See, works on it, putting his arm against the back of the shoulder. Do another form of an arm bar. This arm bar, though, get usually guarantees a victory. to his feet. Eddie knees Dean in the gut. Then chop to Dean. Another chop. Irish whip. Delta World backbreaker connects to Dean by Eddie Guerrero. Let's see. Powerbomb coming up. Gets it. Dragon Life cover to kick out. Earth whip. Reversal. Lands on his feet as Eddie. Goes around with the waist lock. Then gets out of it with his leg in between Eddie's leg. And then Eddie hits him with his leg. Inside cradle to kick out. Slam by Dean next. Dean signals he's going to the top rope. Bottom to the middle to the top. Was Rez version of a frog splash. One, two, kick out. No, he pulls up Eddie. Goes for a power bomb of his own. Eddie countered it with head scissors. Fortunately, Dean landed on his knee. Runs to the ropes. This time, Phil Twirl slammed by Dean. Two kick out, right shoulder up by Eddie. Picks Eddie up. He jumps on his neck, goes for. Sunset flip. Dean turns around into a regular pin. Two count. Eddie goes four up. Looks like a mix between a Oklahoma roll and a roll up. Combined. And he gets a two count. Irish whip. 
Irish Whip, Reversal by Dean, turns around, Wheelbarrow, Dean puts him down into a German release, German suplex. Cover to kick out. To the corner goes Dean with Eddie face into the turnbuckle Irish whip. Eddie put his knee up to stop Dean's momentum. It's for the uh, tornado DDT. Gets it. He looks like he's going for Dean's finisher here. Dean hits him right three times for doesn't stop him. Eddie gets in. Executing. See. I'm wondering how people with joint pain can do this. So I know that when I hold something, I can barely keep my grip on it sometimes. So I'm wondering how some people with Joint pain can manage to hold, to keep hold like like Eddie's doing with this uh, maneuver right here. Six grabs the bell to try to steal it. Eddie goes to the ring apron to get it from him. Duck. He ducks the camera being thrown. Knocks. He knocks six off of the apron. Goes to use the bell, but he gets hit over the back of the head with Six's camera by Dean. Referee Randy Anderson doesn't see a cover. Two, three. New U.S. champion. Now he's noticing what he used. Let's see what he, I think he puts it on Eddie. The camera. And he takes the title, holds it up for everybody to see he won it. Go to show the replay. Matter of fact, I never noticed this before. I actually blocked the uh, the camera, and that's how it fell in the back.
then uh, Gene interviews Roddy Piper. Now let's go to the next match. At one point, Roddy said that it's a lie, but a bit uncensored, and that it, he doesn't need to go through this type of match to get Hogan in a cage for the title. Then he said that he he likes he can't trust the horsemen, then he likes them. <laughs> Some of and I know at least one horseman he was friends with is Jeff Jarrett. Jeff was on his uh podcast a few a few years ago talking to him, so I know that part is true that they were that they are friends. Next, they show um, psychosis come out first for the match against the Ultimate Dragon. Because of arms, neck injury, and Ric Flair's shoulder injury not being 100% yet, that's why they had to reschedule Public Enemy's match with Harlem Heat for, for, for this event. Because originally it was supposed to be Rick and Arn. But Arn's neck was so bad, he had to have surgery, and Rick, well, I already said about Rick, so scratch that part. So the only horsemen that could do it with the Benoit was were Steve McMichael and Jeff Jarrett. No matter how Ric Flair acted and no matter how Jeff Jarrett was, whether he was horseman material or not, he was as far as wrestling goes, he was the best person to put in this match. He was as good, if not better, than, uh, no, let me not say that. He was as good as, um, Chris Benoit, and he was as good as the people that NWO had on their side. So, that was, that was perfect to put those two in the Arn and Rick spot. Let me see how long this took to talk about the first match in the first interview segment. Okay, so I'll do the second. Great about Anchor is you can do more than one episode at, you can record more than one set at a time and still put in the same episode. So I'll just stop right here and edit it. Add this first video to Anchor first. Thank you and goodbye.